Where, where is your here? So where is your wife? My wife is upstairs. <laughs> okay. So good. As long as you know the location of your wife. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's been said that familiarity breeds contempt. I personally believe that familiarity is a blessing and a curse on pop music. The Wig and Wanker agrees and disagrees. Who knows with that guy? Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. If we're nothing else, we're a couple of fools. We can sound like we know about subjects we know nothing about. Ah, but then our favorite subject. Sit back. We're talking clean. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. You got loads of stories for me? Not really. <laughs> well, considering I don't really have that many stories and you've done something that many stories, we should start podding. It's a good place to segue into podding. <laughs> or is that, are we podding right now, Kev? We started. We're in. We're fucking, fucking in. Hell. You know, I wish we had a more like, okay, now we're podding. Because I don't know, if you're going to keep this in, Kev, <laughs> normally we log on and we, you know, yeah, hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, my my toes sore or I had a really rotten sleep or the car wouldn't start or there's things like that. We do that. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, then something, all of a sudden one will say, okay, well, should we start potting or something? And, and then, you know, so then, then we're potting, but sometimes it, it just, it comes in like a, it comes in like a, you know, like a, I came in like a rainbow. and the next thing you know, is like, we're fucking potting and I could have got my fucking story ready. And Kev fucks me. But I do have a little bit of a story. Not a good one. Sports go sports! But I was in uh, Melfort, Saskatchewan, which I affectionately call Smelfort, Saskatchewan. He's got one from all folks. He's got a name for all of them. That's right. And uh, I was working for TSN, which, <laughs> which is <laughs> short for the Sports Network. <laughs> really, they're really fucking <laughs> really on the nose. <laughs> really working it there, and uh, it was curling. I worked on curling day in Canada, so mm. there is the briar. I do believe, right, going on here, right? Is that the, our big thing? The uh, well, the Scotties was just was Scotties, going on in, Scotties, in Alberta. Sorry. The Scottish tournament of tournament of hearts. That's the women's yes, the women's probably. Canadian championship. Yes, so that's what it was. So, uh, I was part of a national broadcast and uh it was it was pretty cool i gotta say so uh normally when i work in a truck you're i sit at the audio desk and there's a director up front and you can see him and you can hear him and he's saying or she's saying you know camera one take one camera two take two okay we have sound on tape here blah 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 and so you listen to the director uh this was all done remotely so mm. pretty cool the director was in toronto and they're flipping to you know, the, the, in the guys in Calgary and then the, they had another host talent in, uh, in Toronto. So yeah, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool broadcast. That is neat. All yeah. About, I mean, yeah, all about curling, man, which is, which is really a pretty fucking cool sport. You know, I kind of got into it the last couple of years. There's a friend of mine who I met through the, through beer channels, through the local sort of craft beer scene here in town, who he's a big fan of team Anderson. Uh, who that's Kerry Anderson from from Manitoba. She was the Canadian champion four years running, 
Mm. Um, so I kind of got, I ended up following her and watching her. I think she's cool. I think her team's awesome. Really enjoyed. And I kind of got into curling. It's, it really is a good sport to watch. Yeah. And this last uh, Scotties was fantastic. Uh, Rachel Holman ended up winning. Uh, was a, a good, like she's, a, I mean, she was, you know, some of those times when you see a, see an athlete right at the top of their fucking game. And even if you don't know that sport, well, you can tell that this yeah. player is just not going to get beaten. One yeah. of those sort of situations. Yeah. She was just amazing. Oh, cool. So did you watch the broadcast? Did you watch I did. the broadcast? I did. I actually did this time. For real, really? I watched. Oh, so you, so I you watched saw Bob, seven or eight matches. Yeah, Bob Weeks. You said you see Bob Weeks talking, and I did. And I forget who the other on-air talent was. Brit, Brit uh, Dort or something. So right, yeah, pretty so neat. That was, that was you, hey? That was you doing all the fucking. Well, the no, work. just in the one location. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I would be considered probably an A two or three or something on that one. Oh, yeah, and then. The guy in Toronto would be the A1, and he'd be making more money than me. But that's uh, not important right now, Kevin. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what is important is we're in a, we're in a fucking deep freeze here in Saskatchewan, folks. I can't feel my f- fingers anymore. I lied. They're, they're, they're numb. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, we got mm-hmm. minus 30. We've had minus 44. The wind, I'd post, I think, somewhere or other, a couple of photos. But because I was so Monday, our big boss came in from BC, so I've been going into work. I don't have a parking spot anymore because I turned it in because we only go in two days a week, which is all boring and no one is here. But the upshot is I've been walking into work. And of course, we had a fuck ton of snow overnight on, well, most of the day Sunday and then overnight. So Monday morning was, well, there was a lot of snow on the ground. I suppose actually it was only six inches, but, you know, people with the wind, if the wind really picks up the drifts, you can get, you know, two, three, four, five foot drifts. So me yomping to work and stomping through the snow, Randy, was, it was quite a lot of fun. I felt like I was fucking in Narnia. It was mm. good. It was all good. Hot. It was cold, but you know. Yeah. Well, good. Good on you. But I, I did have a question for you. Yeah, I would love to hear it. So, so the whole curling thing. Uh huh. Does that uh, does that spin your donut? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I suppose as much as any sort of sporting event does, you know. Mm. Wow. This is high praise yeah. from the cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> and we had we had a question in our Discord server. And for people listening, if you're not on the Discord server, you are welcome to come and join us. Um, I'll try and remember to post out this week a link to the Discord again. Um, and if you don't get it, direct message me and I'll send that to you. You know, it's, it, that really spins my donut. We use it as a yeah. positive. Randy, can it be used as a negative? If something, if someone cuts you up in the highway, go, oh, that really spins my donut. Yeah, no, I think it could work that way as well. Yeah, and like I've said before, I would like for everybody that like because I want you all to use it. <laughs> but I'd like afterwards for you to just just thank me to whoever you say it to. It'll take you an extra few seconds, but you'll feel so much better about yourself giving me credit. So when the, when the waitress comes along with a particularly large <laughs> slice of cake, you go, oh, that really spins my donut. Thanks to the Cardinals. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Man, oh, man. I still, I think we got to, Kev, I think we got to get a, we got to get a, we need a photo. We need a, we need a nice gif of, you know, it doesn't have to be me, but somebody is spinning a fucking donut. Well, I noticed actually Chrissy had a, like a backpack or something, and she made some sort of a gif with some sort of a spin, spinning donut. So like that, you know? Well, yeah, what I'll do, Randy, on my way home from soccer tonight, from practice, I will go by, I will swing by Tim Hortons, I will buy a donut, I will take several photos of it to make it look like it's rotating, I'll make an animated GIF out of it, and I'll get you to send me a photo of you sticking your finger up. How about that? I mean, I can't say fairer than that, can I? 
No, that's that really sounds like win-win here for everybody. I stop going above and beyond, as I always do. You do. You do. And I'm not sure if people appreciate it. And if you guys don't, you can all go fuck yourself, because Kevin <laughs> is the fucking boss of the fucking floss, my friend. The master boss of, of the, the floss. Pod. Yeah. Boss of the floss. <laughs> boss of the floss. Have you seen my teeth? <laughs> I think that's just categorically untrue. That's uh that's a, just a ridiculous old thing that I had heard a million years ago. I knew uh, I knew somebody that worked as a carny. And uh so the candy floss station, mm-hmm. you know, somebody was the boss of that, right? <laughs> so they were the boss of the floss. <laughs> <laughs> so this person I knew dated the boss of the floss or something. Oh. Like that. So anyhow. Wow. That was that's fucking fucking ridiculous. So you know what we should do, Kev? We should talk about fucking queen but oh, like one quick thing mm. uh i'm sure everybody saw it and everybody knows it that's the the mansion has gone up for sale garden lodge is up for sale yeah, yeah. and it's re sort of reinvigorated some of the i don't know, say fucking debate but some of the whinging about whether mary austin should be selling freddie's house you know and it's first of all it's not freddie's house anymore freddie's gone people need to just deal with that um yeah, she's in her 70s that. she yeah. probably i mean there's upkeep there's like it's a lot of work having a house like that you know um yeah. i think people should just calm down yeah it's gonna be a lot yeah. of money and most likely it's gonna go to someone who's not a queen fan probably you know i guess i guess you know hopefully they don't tear it down and yeah. put some concrete structure up or something right but well i mean i think that the nice thing is that it's such a beautiful house and it's in such a great location that it would be kind of, I don't think you could build anything necessarily that's better in that location. You know what I mean? I have no idea where it is, dude. Where is it? Is it in London? I it's in Kensington. No yeah, Kensington, London, which is a really sort of, you know, it's an affluent neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You, you probably stroll through Kensington on one of your I, trips there. I, yeah. I do believe uh, that I had my <clears throat> top hat on and a very nice jacket and strolled right down the street with my loafers how do i do <laughs> I, I don't know what you're going for so i can't really <laughs> and i said top of the morning to everybody even though it was afternoon and even though that's an irish sort of yeah well you know what <laughs> stereotype yeah just there's something that you're not really catching on here is i don't fucking give a fuck all right <laughs> like i don't know anything about it i don't live there i'm not from there if I was from Wigan, I would know these things, you know. But you walk around trying to talk like a hoser all the time and don't make fun of you. Yeah, Actually, well, yeah. I just again categorically untrue. Well, okay, you know, let's get, let's get into some uh, some tweet tweety twittery stuff. Um, last week's song, we were you know huge fans. You're my best friend. It's a it's one of the big ones. We've been talking mm-hmm. about wanting to get one of the big ones for a while. We got one of the big ones. It's on the greatest Fine. hits. Everyone knows it. Um, but we had to vote or we had to guess, sorry, on how we thought our wonderful listeners would vote on this one. We did. You went 90-10 mm-hmm. and I went higher. I said, I, I think this is going to come back higher, Randy. And I thought if anything deserves a hundred, this is one of them. Yep. So I guess 95 to five. So what was in fact the result of the Twitter poll? Well, son of a bitch, Kev, it was 91.2 to 8.8. So Unless my uh, gazintas aren't too great, I think maybe I might have won. You did. 
You got it pretty fucking close, my friend. I'm glad it was over 90, though. That's, you know, that's the thing. Uh, I fa- mean, really, honestly, though, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. If 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 this isn't one of, like, the over 90s, like, what, I don't know who, like, why would you, who would be listening to the podcast? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think sometimes, and I, I'm sure we're going to read it in the, the, the tweets, is that it's definitely, it certainly was overplayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think maybe a lot of people, that kind of ruins it, you know? Yeah, for like, sure. Like, Stairway to Heaven, I never need to hear it again. Doesn't mean it's not a great song, though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Facebook was, you know, equally positive. It was 32 to 1, so 97 point, uh, 97% to 3%. So our overall, if we combined Twitter and Facebook, was 92.7% champion, 7.3% bites the dust, which, yeah, that's pretty much really the way it should be at, at the very least. So um, if we get into Twitter, Paul Moody, formerly of In the Lap of the Pods, and now the host of the phenomenal uh, horror movie podcast, Weirdies, says it's a perfect pop song. One of the greatest things the band ever did. So with that in mind, I'm going to say champion. Paul and, Moody uh, knows his stuff. Paul Moody knows. And then we got uh, Jim C, Curtis Sparkles, says I've barely championed it. I think over-familiarity has killed it for me. I'd mostly skip it if it came up on shuffle. It's fine if you like that sort of thing. Fine. And then we've got a, a gif or a gif of uh, Ron Swanson. There's only one thing I hate more than lying. Skim milk, which is water that's lying about being milk. Bob Maher, Rob Maher, Ma Baher rules. <laughs> we know who we're talking about. It's twee, it's cheesy, it's corny, it's wonderful. Stone Cold Champion. Paul Wobbleoff says a champion. With Freddie and Brian being the dominant songwriters and Roger to a lesser extent in the 70s, I would think the song being such a big hit gave John the confidence to pen many more great songs, which of course he did. It was crazy here that that was the second song that he brought to the band. Yeah. What a, what a fucking banger to bring in. You must have, like, their eyes must have lit up and like, oh, fucking old Deaky's on form. You know? It makes you wonder. He must he must have had a truckload of tunes that he didn't bring. Yeah. Lisa Malloy says, a lovely wee ditty. Spins my donut. Trademark the Cardinal. Champion. So there you go. See, we've been asking people to use it, Randy, and, they're st- and they are attributing the quote directly to yourself. And uh, really... I couldn't really ask for anything more. It's really good. It's really kind of a proud moment for me. <laughs> Who could ask for anything more? Queen <laughs> uh, Rocks Australia says pop perfection. The gorgeous lyrical sentiment is impeccably delivered by Freddie. The drum part is genius, serving the song beautifully from beginning to end, and the production is sumptuous. This one never gets old. One of my favorites to perform live. P.S. John's bass. Wow. We talked about that too. Yeah, I mean... It sounds so good, like the tone, everything's so great. And then, of course, what he's actually playing is... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doug Curran says, it's like enjoying a mug of hot cocoa while under a blanket that you're sharing with a napping puppy. Not even a square American variety show can ruin the beautiful moment. Now, I didn't actually click on this, Randy. This is Donnie and Marie Osmond mm-hmm. singing You're My Best Friend. So let's give it just... Let's just have a... Marie. Uh-oh. I'd like to get serious for a moment. Fine, fine, you're certainly dressed for it. Hmm, I'm not sure I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they had a, a cornball it up, no question about it. Oh, I've got to tell you a real quick, just a, a real quick story about we were years and years and years ago now, probably 20 years ago now, we were up in... Um, in Edmonton, Alberta, uh, my brother-in-law was going there for school, doing tech school, 
And we'd gone up there to sort of help him start moving back. And, you know, Karen's auntie came up, who's, we love her to death, but she's kind of nuts. Um, we go up there and we're sort of sitting around and we're all chatting. And Mike says something about the Osbournes, which was on TV at that time. You know, the the the, I do. the, the reality thing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Auntie Lillian said, oh, yes, yes, Donny Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been a very, very different show. That would have been a very Jared. Uh, Andy Hall. Simply put, Pop Perfected, one of two Deaky songs that could be argued for the Mount Rushmore of Queen catalog as a whole. And that's no exaggeration, champion. Uh, yeah. And I'd, I'd agree with you, Andy. Matt Greenham. Greenham. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Kev norm- normally pronounces your, I don't quite have the right inflection, but Matt says, I'm team Roger on this one. <laughs> really? <laughs> You're my best friend is a long way from being one of my favorites, but it's objectively a champion. So I vote it thusly. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Richard Hearn says, I know I won't make any friends best or otherwise with this comment, but for me, it's a skipper with our hear it on a night at the opera or greatest hits. A lot of people who know more about music than me love it, but I find it just bland. Wow. I think, you know, Richard, Richard needs someone to melt that cold, cold heart. Richard maybe needs a, a solectomy, you know? <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, Paul Bradbury very simply says, easily John's best creation. It's a perfect song. Nothing else needs to be said. Well, there we go. I guess that's the episode for this week then, folks. Um, we... oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul's wrapped, wrapped it up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. David Wilson. Rock band makes perfect pop masterpiece. Back in 82, I'd never been into music, so my mate tried to convert me by taping greatest hits. I liked most of it, but I hated You're My Best Friend. I thought it was twee and ridiculous. I was an arrogant little shit. Maturity has shown me what a genius song this is, and he's got a really nice little champion gift going on. And uh, Ian Winnick. He says, a perfect pop song, enough said, and he's got Obama dropping a mic. Obama out. Which I do believe I've commented on before. Uh, anybody that does a mic drop has never purchased a mic themselves <laughs> because you would never, under any conditions, do that. <laughs> they're expensive and they do not bounce. They, they're not meant to be dropped. <laughs> Alex Small says, it's on our wedding video and suits the footage perfectly. She married me so she could be known as Heather Small. Amongst other things, we were besties. Oh, yeah. Best friend is a solid champ. Very underrated. Question for you. Do you know who Heather Small is? Who, me? Mm-hmm. You're asking me? No. Well, that's Alex's wife. <laughs> that's who that is. <laughs> Why does that not good? Heather Small was the lead singer of a band called M People. What have you done today? <laughs> who I think back in sort of the, I'm going to say sort of early-ish 90s, I think, hmm. um, or early to mid-90s, had a big hit with a song called Search for the Hero. So so you got to search for the hero inside yourself, Randy. Search for the hero. And so Maybe that's, that's, that's what's that's been missing my whole fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Evans says, champion all the way. Another beautiful Freddie vocal on a John song. My son and daughter-in-law played this as their first dance at their wedding in 2022, and I felt that my job as a parent was done. Love this. It's a great nice. first dance uh, song. Yeah, I, that's, that is. and Yeah. 
that you've you've parented well. Uh, PJ at New Mercury says, "How much more champion could it be?" And then he got a great gif of uh, 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 Spinal Tap saying, "And the answer is none, none more champion." <laughs> uh, and then moving along, we have Steve at Queen Rocks, uh, a champion every day, and especially on my wedding day, we chose it for our first dance. I do oh. do believe blah, blah, that's a third. Uh, Steve Ursel, simple, perfect, unique, and undustable pop song. Darren Helliwell, champion, pure pop perfection. And Rob Patton says lovely stuff, and he's got a gif of the inimitable Alan Partridge. <laughs> if you see a lovely field with a family having a picnic and, and there's a nice pond in it, you fill in the pond with concrete, you plough the family into the field, you blow up the tree and use the leaves to make a dress for your wife, who is also your brother. <laughs> Alice's dad, a.k.a. that Welsh bloke, Barry John Williams, says champion. One of, if not, Deaky's best. As Roger says on the absolute greatest commentary, a big, fat, natural drum sound, but played the opposite way, starting with the low-tuned and ending on the snare. Totally unique in Queen's catalogue and absolutely brilliant. So I don't know if you... Um, let me just bring this up if I can. It's almost... Uh, yeah, he almost played it a bit like uh, Ringo. It's kind of a Ringo fill, yeah. Yeah, um, with Ringo would have done it, yeah. Ah, uh, it was a, a very old fill, like a reverse fill through the toms that uh, Queen did on a very old track called You're My Best Friend. And you have to start kind of with the left hand and instead of going this way, kind of go the other way, the reverse way, you start with the low toms. Normally standing with a left hand, so it's, it's a bit of a weird one. And it comes It's kind of cool watching the guy who wrote the fill plate like that. Hey? I just I get a kick out of that. Nice. Yeah. It makes me happy. Yeah, me too. Does it warm the cockles of your heart, Kev? It spins my fucking donut, Randy. Spins your fucking donut. All Very the nice. way around. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Andrew Holloway. Perfect little pop song. Champion all day long. Our good friend Harry at Corkburder. He says, not a rock band song. It's true. But Queen were much more than just a rock band already by this point. A beautiful, well-written pop song in the less shameful sense of the word. Beautifully sung champion all day long. And Harry, I agree completely. Agreed. Uh, Chrissy, the waters of love, says, Electric piano plays and I can't help but feel love. Delicious and sweet pop, a champion anytime, anywhere. Deaky's most heartfelt tune and most likely his very best. And there's... Definitely a conversation there. There's a you know debate within the fandom. I think whether it's between this one or Spread Your Wings that most people sort of say is their their favorite Deaky tune. So that'd be right. an interesting one to do once we start thinking about which the I know that the, the boys over in the lap of the pods did a sort of summaries. They did some episodes where they where they ranked what their top five for each each rider was. And it's something that would be interesting to see if we should do that and see if we were anywhere close to what they ended up with. Mm-hmm. Once we get there, uh, fit like photography. Our pal John Rutherford, Ruddy says that simple, sickly, sacchariferous, overplayed, but perfectly perfect. Freddie more than sings the song. It's as if he means every word, even though he didn't write it. Brian, Roger, and John enhance what should be an average live song. Queen near their best champion. Agreed. Tom Bojay, champion. It has to be. 
The biggest joy I had was after listening to it on an LP for years, hearing it on CD and realizing there are backing vocals buried in the mix. <laughs> it was like a whole new song experience. I needed to go back and dig into the catalog. Wow. All new surprises. And Blair. 98. I'll have to, I'll have to give it up at some point. Hey, and just say, no, absolutely hey. not. No. Okay. <laughs> Blair. 98. A bit of a reluctant champ for me. I used to skip it when I was a kid. These days I appreciate it a lot more, but still don't go out of my way to listen to it. I think I'm with Raj. Leave it for the knitting circle. Oh, Listen, what's, what's wrong yeah, with it? Yeah, we got to be able to you know, express our, our nice emotions too sometimes. You know, yeah, this, this fucking knit phobia will not stand in the queen community. That's right. I mean, you know what? Maybe we should get into knitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then when we're done, we could say that we're quitting knitting. Yeah. Yarn, go yarn. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you yarn in knitting. We use wools. <laughs> wool, go wools. Oh, it still works, though. You had me, buddy. <laughs> uh, Brian Jack Bunster says, champion, a perfect queen song, a perfect pop song. Enough said. Brian Crozier says, perfect pop song, John's best work, super solid cream of the crop, fucking champion. And Daniel Flett says, solid goal champion. Stephen Jones. Always and forever a champion. This is Deaky's mic drop moment as a songwriter. And it is also is for the band's performance. It doesn't get any better than this. As another commented, pure pop perfection. Dominic Pierce, great pop song. Not necessarily my favorite Queen song, though. Maybe it is overplayed, which is why I can take it or leave it. However, still a champ. And yeah, I think that just goes, that just goes on. Mm -hmm. and on. It, it was, I, you know, maybe it was played more in you know, in, in, in England that it was here because, well, I mean, it was played lots here, but you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I never felt like it was overplayed. Uh, Aaron Mullen says, I confess, I tend to skip you're my best friend because of the over familiarity and a hint of the schmaltzy knitting circle about <laughs> it. And yet when I actually hear it, it's a nigh on perfect pop song with each band members contrib contribution hitting the heights, a champ, if ever there was one. And yes, very true, Aaron. Hugh Jenkins has commented with only a, uh, a gif, and it's one that you, I'm 98% sure that you don't know what this one's from. Um, God, I recognize that actor. But well, no. Joe, Joe Thomas, you would have seen him from Taskmaster. You've definitely seen Joe on Taskmaster, and it's from a, a show that he did, a sitcom that he was in called In Between Us, and I will send you a clip afterwards. Oh, yeah. Um, in between us, yeah. Yeah. Don't forget the thumbs up. Oh, friend. Oh, new friend. Friend. Oh, friend. friend. Please be my friend. Oh, oh friend. friend. Oh, friend. Fuck you lot. Where's the beer? Yeah, and then we got some more comments, but they look like they're pretty much all bots, so I'm not going to read them out. Bots. Those are my children. You biological asshole. Over on Facebook, my pal and yours, Sean McGinnity from the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast says, Yes, I know this is a famous Queen song, but for me, for the longest time, I thought it was a Super Tramp song. Yes, I know it is a Queen song now, but growing up, I didn't know who Queen was, but my older cousin sure played a lot of Supertramp, and this song got played alongside Bloody Well Right. This song is Aces, and as of right now, I may just consider this my favourite song of theirs. Love the keys, let me say that again. Love the keys. For some reason, this reminds me of our Uncle Paul on organ, who backed my mum up in a few bands back in the day. There is a warm blanket sensibility to it in this song, which fits with the lyrics that are so gosh darned earnest. The whole song feels warm, 
Uh, and goddamn that bass. <laughs> Holy hell is that groovy. And again, reminiscent of our pops who walked a bass like someone might walk a dog. Brian does not overstay his welcome. And even though he's Brian May, the guitar god, he plays it down here and yet still tasty as fuck. There ain't enough words or exclamation points to champion this one. Love it. I hate Winnipeg. We should say that um, Sean and his brother Todd's mum brilliant singer i've heard some of her vocals an extraordinary talent and their whole family were just musical so oh cool so there you go i was just thinking that so we uh we used to play bloody well right back in uh <laughs> some of my early days of uh live performing you know that's one of those songs that i have a real love-hate relationship with sometimes i really like it and sometimes it just there's something about it that just rubs me entirely the wrong way and i don't know what it is hmm. you know what i mean would you have, you have those songs where you're like i really like this song but at the same time, I don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I was going to say, I was going to like, I was going to, you know, chide you and say, <laughs> come on. But yeah, now that I think about it, you're right. There are some songs that, uh, like, is my is my donut spun <laughs> or is it just sitting there? You know what I mean? You know, like the donuts, like the donuts there. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but I'm not sure if it's spinning or not. So. It's like it's Keanu Reeves' uh, philosophy. Is my donut truly there yeah. <laughs> or is it just a ball of dough <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell richard scott it's obviously a champion a classic pop song and greatest hit to boot for me though it's the arrangement that makes it the backing harmonies instrumentation and of course freddie's vocal the drum sound is phenomenal and that fill that brings the verses in going up the kit from the toms to the snare rather than the other way around is genius. Also, for anyone with a surround sound setup, I cannot recommend the 5.1 surround mix of the song enough. Although that pretty much applies to any Queen song available in a 5.1 mix. I suspect you would get that Tom just rocking and rolling over and yeah. <laughs> yeah, it comes right around. It's great. It really and is making great. The, and making the rounds in your skull. Absolutely. Our pal Alan Dudney says, just heard this brilliant episode, topped off by playing my earworm for the past few months at the end. That song gets to me every time. Thank you. And thanks a lot, Al. Um, that was, I put a, one of my songs at the end, a song that I've written for my wife, incidentally. So yeah, thanks a lot, Alan. Um, it says, as for you, my best friend, it's in the category for me of the overplayed queen hits that I do quite often skip, but nonetheless, a 100% champion. The day before the episode, I was listening to Night at the Opera in the car and didn't skip you on my best friend, and I was thinking how much I still love it. It's just a perfect pop song. Brilliant lyrics, love the electric piano, Roger's drumming, and Freddie sings it so beautifully. You know what? I, I know that it's, you know, from the comments we're reading, a lot of people talking about it being overplayed, but it's a song that I would, I would never skip this. I just love that song so much that I don't think I could hear it too many times, to be honest with you. Fair point. And Michael J. Smith says an absolute beautiful track. And a champion, perfect pop song. Another great episode from Captain Spreadsheet and the Donut Spinner. <laughs> did I call you Captain Spreadsheet last time? Someone did. I love it. I mean, okay. That, and again, uh, another great punk name band for us to consider. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know if I called you that or not, but anyhow, yeah. Kev is definitely fucking Captain Spreadsheet. <laughs> and James Lawrence, a complete and utter total unadulterated champion par excellence. And Lynn Deanda, champion love it. And Russell Watkins says, champion easily. Lovely pop song. Sweet lyrics coupled with perfect instrumentation. And Brian Delaney 
says, I think the measuring stick for this song is the fact that my wife, in brackets, a non-Queen fan, when this song came on, my strategic constructive playlist was singing along. I said, see, you do like Queen. She said, eh, you're converting me. That makes it top tier Queen in my book. Yeah, we've got to just spread the word gently, not like the fucking Mormons. You know, just, just fucking take it easy. Don't go around knocking on doors. Just, just slip it in now and again. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about Queen? <laughs> <laughs> Serena Shemeka, yes, love this little Deaky number. Lovely tune from a great album. I do like John Deacon's songs. He wrote some real belters. Carol Reddy, Freddie's vocals, sublime. Nick Crofts, champ. Great pop song, simple, beautiful. And Richard Ostavine, absolute champion for me. Love the drums in this one. This Richard might be a first, first time, time or rare, rare sort of comments. Yeah, I can't remember. yeah. Thanks, Richard. Uh, welcome cr- to the club. Yeah. Such such as it is, you know, I'm with Groucho on that. I wouldn't have any fucking, wouldn't be in any club that would have me as a member. Um, Craig Gannon, I don't really care for the lyrics, but the arrangement is superb and Freddie is astonishing, which isn't a surprise, as we all should know. What a singer, what a loss. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. And Sarah Chapman, Chappers from the uh, Fantastic Queen Pod uh, Facebook group says, definitely a champion. And one of the first songs I remember my son singing along to when he first got into Queen. So upbeat and catchy, love it. Also, thank you for playing the isolated bass. That was really cool. My untrained ears always find it difficult to pick out the different elements of songs, so that was lovely to hear. Hashtag Team Deaky. Then she finishes by saying, keep up the good work, Kevin Randy. And likewise, Sarah, you do a brilliant job of admin in one of the best uh, groups on Facebook. Patrick McCarthy says, I still remember my 11-year-old self being struck by the line, I've got you to help me forgive. As opposed to, say, to help me plot revenge. <laughs> um, says it all. Such a huge-hearted song, and the drums and lead vocal give it proper heft. That's a really fucking good word for that song. There is heft to it. You know? It's hefty. Suzanne Morris stirs up such memories of being Sweet 16 and a particular boy on an end-of-school trip. Mm-hmm. Must have had your My Best Friend as an earworm that day because it always reminds me. Went to find my 1976 diary, and there it was. It was July 76, that long, hot summer. So I got to reading my diary, which I haven't done for 48 years, and found I wasn't so sweet (laughs) after all. (laughs) Gave me a giggle to find out what I was up to. Anyway, enough of that. A brilliant Deaky song, which sound as good today as it ever did. Champion. It's the tweet of the week, and it's tweeting the tweet of the week. Wow, uh, I really love that, Suzanne, that you went back and yeah. <laughs> reread your diary Man. from 76. Don't that's, you wish, like, I, I wish I'd, I sometimes wish I'd kept a diary, because I would love to go back and... Oh. peek into my brain at that age would have been fascinating yeah. you know really yeah see yeah. Uh, i i think i think for me it's it's just best left <laughs> it's best left unsaid. best best left unsolved <laughs> <laughs> i could just go back and listen to the shitty fucking songs i wrote and realize how much of a fucking idiot i was <laughs> and or am 
Pepin Uman, or as I like to call him, <laughs> Pepin. <laughs> Champion, of course. I did think the lyrics were corny till I met my wife, and now I totally dig it. As opposed to Get Down, Make Love, the kids like this song. Oh, and Randy, go fuck yourself for the introduction into hell, <laughs> into the hell named country. Oh, what did you, you, know, play? did you put? Did you put some truck yet at the start of that? Or no, what? I fucking didn't. But he went and listened to it of his own volition. So I don't know oh. why I'm blaming you for this. <laughs> I said very oh. plainly on the episode that no one should go don't, listen to it. Shouldn't, should not do it. Yes. But yeah. I, I think I think I put that caveat in, did I not? I think we bought it, but he, I mean, he put it at the end and, and, and we had a bit of a conversation. Not to self, listen to Kev for a change. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And oh, I'm sorry for your ears. Uh, but in a way, I'm kind of not because uh, <laughs> now you can kind of share in the pain. What was that awful pile, pile of fucking tripe you sent me the other day? What was that one? That was, I mean, that if anything, it was worse. Because well, it wasn't I, so, even. Well, it's okay. I don't, I don't remember and I don't want to look yeah. back on it, but <laughs> I was, I was in. Oddly enough, a curling rink. I mean, you know, who isn't? And uh, and they played this song that came on. So I so I shazammed it, and then I sent it to Kevin. I said, "You should be punished like I'm being punished." <laughs> it was fucking dreadful. I mean, oh, uh, uh, oh, fuck it, yeah, whatever. Fuck doesn't matter. You know, it, and I said to Randy, like with a lot of those those full pop country songs if anyone's familiar with bo burnham or if you're not familiar with bo burnham i do urge you to check it out and maybe i'll put a link to yes i'll play a little bit of it here i'll put, I'll put a link to it because he wrote a song that basically parodies all modern pop country that it's all about you know all you gotta do is mention saving the troops and and beer and mud and trucks and things yeah. and the song that you sent me was like oh they just clearly don't know that he's making fun because it kind of sounds like that bo burnham song yeah. But it's it serious, Randy. It's deadly serious. Well, okay. Enough fucking dreadful, shitty country. Let's get some really, really good queen. Is there anything at all that you are looking forward to listening to tonight, Mr. Woods? Okay, well, I'm always I'm always talking about uh, how I'd like to hear a really nice, big, massive hit, which we've had. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know what I want now? You know what I want, Kev? I want one of the ones that that is you know, loathed, Ooh. you know, amongst the queen, queenies. What do you think of that? I want I'm that to, one. Yeah, I'm Give trying to one. think if there's one that we have left that's universally hated. And I think there are a couple, but I'm not going to, maybe I just won't say exactly what they are. Um, Before I tell you what I want to listen to, I'm going to read out the manifestations from our Discord server which again, our pal Ruddy had uh, very kindly aggregated for me so that I can read them all in one place. So Barry John Williams says he wants to listen to Don't Lose Your Head. That's from A Kind of Magic. Chrissy wants Ogre Battle from Queen 2. Nikki wants Seven Seas Arrive, probably from Queen 2, because we're kind of going to amalgamate that one with the instrumental. Um, Aaron Mullen says Mustafa, or She Makes Me. Um, Mustafa for Paz. All Dead, All Dead from Matt uh, Greenham. Ian Winnick wants the Millionaire's Waltz. We've had that manifested a few times now over the last few weeks. Alan Dudney, Brighton Rock or Sleeping on the Sidewalk. Michael J. Smith says you and I. And Ruddy wants to hear My Fairy King. So we've got some Queen 2 going on. And mm-hmm. we've only done two songs from Queen 2, so I think I want to go back there. And I've been listening to Nevermore quite a lot lately. So I'm going to I'm gonna also manifest something from Queen 2, and I'm going to go for Nevermore. 
So with all this positive energy for Queen 2, we've got to get it right, Randy. I'm sure that's how it works, Kev. The wheel listens. The wheel proffers. If you just prayed a little harder, bad things wouldn't happen. Let's pray a wee, wee, wee bit harder. Well, we are not going to Queen 2. <laughs> we are getting one of the songs that is not, you know, it's not universally loved, universally hated. What song are we covering tonight, Randy? The Invisible Man off of The Miracle. So you've heard reference to this song, I'm sure, on the Discord, in the comments on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But I do have to ask you, because I'm not too sure on this one. Do you know this song? I, I, I really don't think I do. Uh, not from the title, at least. Have you seen the movie? The old movie? What, The Invisible Man? Yeah, the old fucking black and whitey. Maybe? Of, I fucking knew that was it. Because it's H.G. Uh, Wells' novel, which I don't think I've ever read. I'm trying, to find, I'm trying to find out when the first movie, oh, well, there was a 1933 version of it. That's probably the one I have seen, actually. I think that probably hmm. is the one I, I remember, but no. Yeah. It's, it's about a man who goes invisible, Randy. You know? Hmm. It's, uh, maybe they shouldn't have gave it that way in the title, you know? <laughs> yeah, kind of ruins the ending, really. <laughs> <laughs> the man who was seen sporadically. Maybe that would have been better. So, sorry, what do you, uh, you know... So, what do you want to call this movie? The uh, you know we've got some ideas for it, or is there anything you're thinking of, like something punchy, something that's going to you know tell people what it's about, or or whatever it is, you know. And Frank, you know Frank Darabont, the, the movie creator. Any suggestions? He says, yeah, I think we should call it. Um, Andy throws a pebble through a poster and it goes through the wall and gives the game away. You know, just just fucking ruin the end of Shawshank <laughs> completely for everyone. <laughs> uh... All right, well we should we should do something, Randy. What should we do? Hey, look, it's the ocean. You can hold up a ship, but it can also slip through your fingers. A humbling force that reminds even the strongest of their fragility. It's also where tuna is for baked potatoes, sandwiches, stuff like that. Natural Prince's Tuna. Fish for greatness. Well, Mr. Brown, here we have The Invisible Man at 3 minutes, 57 seconds. And now all four members are credited as writing this song, but it definitely appears to be a Roger Taylor uh, thing. Mm -hmm. So we have all the usual people doing all the usual things, with the exception of David Richards playing some synthesizers, who, of course... Uh, was uh, also their producer. He was recorded in uh, Mountain Studios in Montreal, August 88, and looks like it was possibly finished up in uh, Olympic Sound Studios London between November and January of 89. Um, so I guess I guess there was kind of quite a few things to talk about here. First of all, it was taken from the, uh, uh, or inspired by the novel by H.G. Mm -hmm. Wells, right? And then the other thing that Kevin and I were talking about, which we thought was quite interesting, is that Roger sampled all of his drums into a Lindrum and then replayed it, which does sound like a lot of, it sounds like adding an extra step rather than mm -hmm. just miking them and playing them. <laughs> but, you know, but I said to Kev, well, maybe there was some reason for it. Maybe, maybe they wanted it a hundred percent precise. Uh, 
now uh, maybe I'd mentioned, you know, for live, uh, you know, to, to, to trigger something and have it come out front would be a, a lot nicer sound to deal with. Uh, but Kev pointed out that never played the song live. So, so I can't really say exactly why he would do that, but uh, he did it. But just for, you know, I mean, folks who don't know, Randy, when we talk about triggering with drums, just explain to folks what that, what that means. Cause I mean, it's something that I was completely unaware of until I started hanging out and, you know, mm. sort of recording with you and that. So what does that mean when you say triggering drums? Well, so, you know, so if you can use, uh, uh, you can use MIDI to trigger something. So if you just have a, a you know, like a MIDI pad that you've seen people, you hit it and it'll trigger a sound. So that sound is a kick drum. That sound is a tom. But then you can also use acoustic drums. And uh, it's really essentially the same thing. When you hit the drum, it, uh, you know, it opens up the gates and it will send a signal to whatever you're using to trigger. And it's probably all MIDI based. So I don't know if that's a good description but that's yeah. that's what midi is or that's what and that's what trigger when we're saying triggering that's what we mean and usually you would do that if you want to get additional sounds too right because like i said i mean the, the, to me what's weird is if you if you because what they're saying is they sampled roger's real kit and then he played those either on you know like fucking lindrum or on his real kit triggered again to just to me it just seems you're roger taylor play fucking drums man like you, it's not like you can't play you know, yeah. Well, what's like that douchebag from Motley Crue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. But what would I, I would say, like, you know, in, in modern times now, what would happen is you'd you would play your acoustic kit and you're listening to a, a, a click track in your ear so that everything's in time. And then maybe for the chorus, they would add hand claps to your snare, or yeah. or maybe you have an effect on the toms that they could use to. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's the way it would be used. I would say in, in more modern days, uh, back then it was, you know, it was used like that and, and, and in other ways. So, yeah. Well, I think it was still, you know, fairly new and fairly shiny and everyone wanted to just tinker around with it and see what you could do with it. Right. So I think there's a in, little bit of that too. In 87, 89, for sure. It would have been, it would have been pretty new tech. I would say yeah. that like, I mean, the Lindrum wasn't, but but being able to sample your own stuff and, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, should we get into a little bit of the invisible man, Randy? Well, I just, I'm not even sure why we're not listening to it right now. I should tell people before we do quickly that I said to Randy while we were doing our research, that I'm not playing the video version of this yet because I think it's a little bit distracting and I don't want Randy listening to the song rather than marveling at Freddie's uh, sunglasses. So we're going to listen to the, we're gonna watch the lyric video first. Then when we do our second listen through, that's when I'll actually put on the vid uh, the the music video. I'm the invisible man. I'm the invisible man. Incredible how you can Okay. Yeah. Little soup's on a bit creepy. <laughs> Talking about being invisible, sitting on the end of someone's bed. <laughs> I ain't afraid no ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> you hear totally. it? Eh? Oh, well, yeah. it's 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 the cadence of the lyric for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's for sure. Yeah, we were reading that there was, you know, some parallels drawn between this and, and Ghostbusters. And of course, that song blatantly fucking ripped off Huey Lewis. So, yeah, it's, I mean, okay, well, initial, you know, we, I always said, you know, what do you think so far? And you only fucking listen to 30 seconds. But yeah. initial thoughts? Any, any initial thoughts? Yeah, it sounds like fucking Ghostbusters. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> that's what it sounds like so far. I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. But you know what? This is Queen. I think they're going to take this to a whole other level. And at the end of this, I'm going to be blown away by their musical prowess. All right. Well, we're getting into the chorus. So here we go. I'm the invisible man. I'm the invisible man. Incredible how you can. See right through me. I'm the invisible man. I'm the invisible man. It's criminal how I can. Did he say John Deacon? He did, yeah. So he said Freddie, Mer- Freddie Mercury at the beginning, and now he's got John Deacon. I mean, nice. being a betting man, who do you think is coming next? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what's what's just... funny about that, though, is that like I don't always hate that in a song. I think it's a bit cornball when you sort of fucking name-checking yourself in, in songs. It's just a bit, you know, it's a bit fucking dopey. But it's like, usually when you do that, Someone will rip into a fucking, you know, it's just the same, like nothing happens. Let her rip, buddy. Never quite like those. There's so little additional, like high snary kind of tone in the. It's kind of almost the left channel there on the on the drums. I've never really liked that. I don't know what it. Yeah, I don't know about it. I don't know about it, Randy. Yeah, well, and it's funny. It's interesting because it's it's Roger's drums sampled, but mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I'm not sure what the you know I'm not sure what the point is because it just sounds like a machine. Which, yeah. of course, I mean, that's what a Lindrum does and would do with your samples is make them 100% perfect. So, yeah. Anyhow, yeah. Well, those Lindrums, Randy, back then at that, that stage, because I remember reading, you know, I was doing a, on the Ultimate Catalog Clash with my pal Corey when we covered Invisible Touch by Genesis. Uh, Phil Collins was talking about the Simmons drums, and he said he, they were kind of awkward to play because they felt like hitting four mi- like a four mica countertop because you can't, it didn't read velocity, really, right? Like, it, you couldn't hit the drum soft and loud you just yeah. triggered it it just made the sound so I, I don't know with the lindrum was the lindrum did that have sort of velocity I, controls or i i can't say because i have personally never used one okay so i can't say um yeah but but that's a good point like velocity never came into yeah for for quite a while till yeah i guess yeah I, I would have to figure out exactly when that was uh we're talking about midi again and that's that's a MIDI feature. And when that was all fully realized, I'm not sure. Okay. It's how I can. Hello. Ha, ha, 
That bit to me has always reminded me of there's a fucking Eurythmics song and I can't think what it is now. Yeah. And I, I, I'll have to sit and think about that as we go back through it, but there's a, it, it really, really sounds like it tonally. It does. And I'm, and I'm 98% sure the Eurythmics, Eurythmics song came first. So I'm a little like, oh, you're lifting a few things here, Roger, old bull bean. A real good friend, not a So you have Freddie Mercury, John Deacon, and then Brian May. Brian, Brian May twice. Yeah. You know, so good they named him twice, Randy. It was. Uh, and <laughs> pretty cool panning effect there. That was like. Yeah. Well, you got, well no, I was just going to give my hand away. I'm not giving my hand away. But that was the coolest part so far. <laughs> Thoughts on the solo, Randy? You tend to have thoughts well, on the solo. I, I would I would say it's interesting. I would say it's interesting. It's it's <laughs> yeah, it's you know interesting. <laughs> <laughs> My dear listeners, I think the Cardinal's still trying to make up his mind on this one. So that's an, at least the songs change a little bit there because you get that drop and you get that chord change where it's been sticking on the root pretty much the whole way through. So at least you get a little bit of something there, right? Yeah, yeah. They're at least going to the other other possible chords that will work over <laughs> that fucking vocal melody. Yeah. Hooray, hooray, Queen. But just John in the back going, hey, hey guys, how about we try um maybe yeah. we just I know this is a radical idea for this, but we change chords. He's probably like, you know, I've been uh, thumping on uh, you know, I, I didn't even check the <laughs> E here for like three minutes. Let me change it up here. Fucking a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> How much longer do you think we're going to fade out, Randy? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm like, well, we got the 
still got a few seconds left here. It's like, well, what's going on? I mean, Raj gave us a nice fill, and why aren't we? How come we're not fading here? I'm not Usually, sure. I guess, I guess, probably what happened is they got like lots of tape left, and they're like, well, let's just uh, roll it to the end here, guys. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to fade this out about three minutes, right, Rog? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely fading this out about yeah. three minutes, guys. Honest. But, but keep it going for now. That'll give us room on the end. <laughs> yeah, and usually you tape, fill you fill into something, usually. you don't. <laughs> tape used to be expensive, man. It's a long tail, Randy. A long, long tail. It is, isn't it? Um, but what we've got to do, before we do anything else, is give it another listen through, because, again, this is the first time you're listening to it. Um, don't know the song, so as we've been stopping and starting, you've not had a full appreciation for this uh, for this sonic masterpiece by Roger Taylor. So let's let's give it another listen through, and we'll watch the video at the same time this time. Yes, please. And then we'll we'll talk about it. Yes, please. Five and a half inch floppy. I'm the invisible man. I'm the invisible, invisible, invisible man. Incredible how you can. Real symbol there. <laughs> a real sampled symbol. <laughs> Game over. So there you go, Randy. That's the Invisible Man. Hmm. In the Invisible Man. I don't remember. I think you guessed first last week, right? Because you said 90-10 and I went 95-5. I think I went over you. So I think I got to tell you. You got to guess first, huh? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I got to tell you what I think first. I got to so vote Kevin, first. I'm thinking we should just put this right to a vote here. I'm not even sure what we're fucking around for here. So, uh, is the Invisible Man, is that a champion or champion, if you prefer? Or does it bite the dust? Watch how fast I deliberate this. And another one gone, and another one gone, another one bite the dust, yeah. So for you, I'm not fucking sure about this one. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, but I, you, you're a fucking tricksy little fella sometimes. Are you going to join I, me in... <laughs> I really do like that uh, cool synth sound. Well, is the synth sound enough to make it one of the champions? Or is it biting the dust? And another one gone, and another one gone, another one bite the dust, yeah. Good fucking job, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be beef on site. <laughs> uh, well, you go first. You go. Give me your synopsis there, Brun. Okay, it's it's a really you know when it when it starts out, you think that's a really cool little baseline. I like that. It's, it's jaunty and it's it's well played and it sounds nice. And but the the intro itself, I'm the Invisible Man. I don't like that whispered sort of. I, there's just something about it. it's always bugged me. Even when it came out, I kind of this is one of those songs that thinking back, I think I made. I made, I did a lot of work arguing for this song. I think I had to really lobby and, and lie to myself and everyone else lobbying for this song when I was younger. 
um, the bass line, it just never gets anywhere. It doesn't do anything. And like we said, you know, in the third chorus, you get that step down through the key change, like through the chord change. And it's at least like a bit more interesting because yeah. for the most yeah. part, this song is one note the whole way through. And you can do that in a song. I just don't think it works here. The lyrics really get on my tits, Randy. I just think they're shit. I mean, and you know, we've talked about whether lyrics need to be good and sometimes they don't, but here they're just, they're just, again, it's like, Roger is worst is really fucking cornball and silly and just, yeah. I don't know. I just, it for me, and the, the drums, they sound fake. They sound crap. I don't think, I don't like the way they're mixed. I think they, it's all a bit sort of, you know, brick walled or whatever you fucking call it. Or it's all compressed. And it's just, it's just all, it's all a big mush. And I just don't, I don't like it, Randy. And the, <laughs> apart from all that, why does the ending need to be that long? Jesus fucking Christ. They're keeping it long for the clubs, buddy. <laughs> well, yeah. There, hey, there is a 12-inch mix of this song. I'm not surprised. Which is, let me look it up here. Let me see how long the fucking 12-inch version is. Well, I don't want to listen to it, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a 12-inch extended remix. It's a karaoke instrumental. And there is an early demo that we just let's might have a quick listen to when we get into it. But what what are your thoughts on this one then? Yeah, so okay. So first of all, I basically agree with everything you said. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like, why spend all that time sampling your own drums to <laughs> to run them through a Lind drum and then just have them sound like a fucking machine anyhow? Yeah. I don't know why. And then and then it, it totally sounds too much like Ghostbusters, which was sued for uh, uh you know against Huey Lewis for a one new drug. It sounds the, the cadence is just too similar. Um, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah, the lyrics, the lyrics suck. I mean, it's just this, there's really not a lot to kind of sort of grasp onto and say that I really like, I mean, okay. So, you know, okay. Uh, so here, here, I'm going to draw a little, a little parallel. So I sent Kev, uh, this horrible country song last week. Uh, but if you just listen to it, it's like, oh well. I mean, the vocals, like, you know, everything's on on in tune, and yeah, and the drums sound good, and everything is sonically well done. So you know, in terms of in in in, in that, like, you know, everything sounds good, everything's placed nicely, and you can hear the bass, and uh, but but they're just not working with the the the, the core material. Just is not <laughs> really up to scratch, right? Yeah, let's be honest. Let's just fucking call a spade a spade. It's just not, not. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. And, and you know, I mean, I suppose, I suppose somebody's going to really think this is fucking awesome. So, so I don't know what to say to those people except that <laughs> you're wrong. Listen, they should listen to a wider variety of music. I don't know what else to tell you, because uh, because for me, yeah, it's just. It's you know what it's the redheaded stepchild of I want a new drug. That's what it is. It you know got brought into this family, and it was kept in the closet, and just you know kind of beaten down and had to like clean up the tables mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> after everybody went to bed. And that's all the song's good for. See, and I'm I'm going to just quickly insert an apology there to my friend Darcy who who is of the ginge. And just commented to me a couple of times when she when they when she listens to the show that was massively appreciated us using the uh the stepchild analogy. But you know what? Oh, I think it fucking holds. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. You know. So here, here, about this, 
you can see, like, this will get upvoted by some people on Twitter for sure, right? You know that's going to yeah, happen. You can see why some people like it, because there's a sort of, there's sort of a charm to it that it's so ridiculous and so silly and sort of juvenile as a song that it's going to hold up for some people. And like well, you said, I, I, I've, I've complained lots about the synths, and I don't, I don't hate the synths in this, because it sort of fits the what Roger's going for. And I actually kind of like that guitar solo. It's something super different. It doesn't really sound like anything else Brian ever played. And again, it sort of fits. You couldn't do like a big fucking face melter there. So it sort of fits that computer gamey 8-bit thing. So, but yeah, totally. I, like you said, well, overall, the song's just fucking bad. It's just a shitty song. Yeah. So, so there again, you're almost kind of, you're bringing up production points, which are, yeah. which are, it's, which is fair. Yeah. Because Brian always plays or usually plays very, very appropriate solos, which, which yeah. fit within the realm. And, the synths, yeah, I mean, I like the synths, and, you know, especially the little kind of, you know, what would have, what should be a, a horn line, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a couple of trumpets accenting, you know, those are, those are great. Those are, yeah. those are really good. And, uh, you know, there again, I guess, showing my hand, I, you know, they should have been horns, but, uh, you know, Queen didn't really use horns. So, uh, yeah, so it's not like, it's not, so there again, it's not, for me, it's not the synths bothering me. It's not mm -hmm. the excessive guitar panning it's not the <laughs> it's not the it's not the shitty drum loop that he's looped out of his you know out of his kit it's it's just the it's just the core of of, of the song being being weak sauce well and we had mentioned um that we you can really hear or i sort of said that you can really hear a sort of a rhythmic song in the ah 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 hello in that section Yes. And we're just going to play a little bit of this little song by the other mix, just to sort of, you know, drive that point home. Let's, uh... You can just hear it right away, right? Instantly, yeah. A straight lift. So that's, the, that's the, you know, as soon as I heard that, I was, and I, I don't think that I'd ever made that connection before, that list, but as soon as that cut in tonight, I was like, fucking hell, that's the Eurythmics. Yeah. You know? so... Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I want you. Oh my God, such a good song. I'd rather listen to this song than Invisible Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I knew this one when it came up was going to be fun to cover because, although I should say too, we haven't really put our jackboots on and stomped all over this one. No? And I think it's because it's just, it's so limp and sort of eh, forgettable. It's not offensive. It's just boring it's just a bit drab and dull you know yeah i mean it, it it's almost the definition of filler you know it almost it almost sort of defines yeah you know if you're thinking about a catalog of a great amazing band and you're looking for uh they should maybe when when they repackage the whole thing because i know the whole uh their whole catalog got sold yeah i think they should just rebrand this song and just call it filler and just <laughs> stick it in somewhere. And then when people come on, they'll go like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of filler. <laughs> well, let's, let's give a real quick listen, Randy, to the, the early version with the guide vocal, which I'm assuming is Roger's demo, just to see if it's any. And it's like, this is, this version is five minutes long. So we're definitely not going to listen to it, but I'll, I'll skip through to a few points just to see if, see if Roger took it anywhere in the early demo and it just got sanitized out. Yeah, I bet you it's a real, a real fucking, Winner. 
<laughs> of all the songs you'd go, I bet this is going to be worse. This is one of them. <laughs> It's funny with this collector's edition because, and I don't know why exactly they did it, but I, I definitely get the sense that they, because, you know, that section there where we're singing I'm the Invisible Man and the, the, those little synth stabs, that's from the final recording. And I'm, I'm, yeah, it really sounds like doubtful. it's completely lifted, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they've sort of taken demo material and then overlaid final material over top of it, which is a weird thing to do. Or more than likely, what happened, Kev, was this is the demo. They brought it to the studio, and everybody played over this. You think? Probably. Yeah, I do yeah. think that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a big fucking shit trifle as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> either way. So. It's kind of dis a bit disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, make, it makes it worse, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> you just fucking, just fucking fucked me there, Woods, you fucker. Here. Remember, like, I just think about them in the studio, and, and you know, Rog comes in with this and plays it through, and they're like, is he, is he, is he fucking serious? Like, is this, is this what he wants us to record? And then what, like, Brian was like, oh, you do remember he wrote that song about the car? They're like, oh, yeah, fuck, I suppose, well, let's just do it then, I guess, you know? <laughs> Has anyone got any other songs? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> fuck. Let's just work on it, and then we'll just find some way of ditching it later. This was a single, Randy. Oh, was it really? This was a single, um, the fourth single from the album. It reached number 12 in the UK. Um, did not chart in Canada or the US. Even the Germans weren't, you know, you know, not known for their supreme musical taste always. You know, German uh, David Hasselhoff being a, a megastar over there. But I've been looking for freedom. I've been looking so Only reached number 31 in Germany, so a single, this song, I mean, yeah, what the fuck? There are other songs on the Miracle that would have made better singles. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing them all. Well, okay. We both downvoted this one. It was a no-brainer for me. I fuck it. it was one of those where I knew I was going to downvote this coming in, and nothing changed my mind. I was listening through again. I didn't have any sort of crisis of conscience or confidence any halfway through. But what we've got to do is figure out how we think our wonderful listeners are going to vote on this one. I don't think it's going to be cut and dried. I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a down vote overall, but I don't think it's going to be as big as, say, Delilah or All God's People. So I'm going to go 40-60. Mm. Oh, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm going 35-65. Fuck it. I'm changing my mind. Oh, you're going way low. I'm going wow. lower, yeah. How Shit about you? Balls. Well, fucking hell. Okay. You can call it a cop out if you like. I don't care. Call it whatever you like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm going the old standard fifty fifty. Really? You think it's gonna be? Well, no. I don't. You know, the thing is, Kev, is I just don't <laughs> fucking know. Right. <laughs> That's the thing you'll find out about me is I just don't know what all you Queen nerds. I don't don't know what you guys are thinking. You guys, you guys are just 
in depth with Queen. You're so into it. I don't like probably like maybe a bunch of you think this is the fucking, you know, bomb.com. So I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to accommodate for that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know that there are apologists out there. I know who they are and I know they're going to comment. I just don't think there's enough people. (laughs) Like, how could you champion this? It's garbage. Well, it's, listen, it's not garbage. It's not garbage. It is, it's dreadful. No, it's not garbage. It's just (laughs) not fucking great. I don't know how else to put it. Well, I'm going to throw one of your quotes back at you, though, here. You're right, but in another sense, you're absolutely fucking wrong. Well, no, because so first of all, you got the quote wrong. But Fuck. second of all, it's 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 like you know, I mean, it's still nicely played. You know, it's nothing wrong with the production. It's just that I don't like the song. So there's going to be people that like the song. I suppose so. I suppose. And they're not so. married to the idea that it's a complete ripoff of Huey Lewis, and or they don't give a fuck, right? So. That's why I'm going 50 50. I, I still yeah, think it's, I, I hope, I hope that it's closer to where you are, Kev. See, I don't, I don't even like the, I don't love the production on this one. I don't think it, that doesn't, nothing really does pop for me. I mean, the bass, like I said, the bass sounds good, but everything else is just all, maybe it's just because it's so repetitive. I just start fucking tuning out and I can't listen to anything anymore because it's like, fucking hell, this again. Here we go. Yeah, ah, it's, yeah, dude, no, seriously, it's, it's the core material. That's the problem. As you've said many times before, Randy. I just don't like the song. That's it. Well, there you go, people. It had to come up sometime. It's come up this week. We've covered The Invisible Man. We didn't like The Invisible Man. We hope The Invisible Man fucking stays invisible and doesn't bury his head again. You know what, Randy? If I'm, I never listened to the, the album, The Miracle, um, just because I, there's too many tracks in it I don't love. Um, yeah. I'm, chances are, unless it just comes on randomly at some point in the future, I'm probably never going to listen to this song again now that we've heard it again for the podcast. <laughs> probably never going to put it on, you know. Even as a curio, and we were like, nah, don't need to listen to that ever again. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, how, about, how about you? Is this going on your fucking Queen playlist, Mr. Woods? Well, okay, so I think it's been well established that I do not have a playlist. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, no, yes, not. And honestly, of all, you know, so, well, yeah. This maybe this, this is too revealing, but of all the songs we covered now, mm. I've gone back and listened to like none of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're such a oh, heel. I'm such an <laughs> asshole. It's not it's not that I don't like them. It's just the ones, you know, I mean, I don't know. What am I trying to say, Kev? Bail me out. I don't here. fucking know. Bail me out. Help me out here. Well, I think what Randy's trying to say is that the transience of, uh, you know, the transience of existence is too is too strong to be wasted on repeating uh, things that we've done in the past. And instead, we should look to the future to improve and, and move forward with our lives. Something around there, something like that. Oh, yeah. You, you've done. Yeah, you really nailed it. And I like the accent. <laughs> what accent was that? I, I don't really know. It's my sort of um, <laughs> 1990s uh, history professor kind of voice. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to no, Brown's I, but, bullshit. Hang on a second, though. I, 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 I dig. I, I would like to to add that there's been I've let, definitely listened to a lot of Queen songs I'd never heard before, uh, that I do I do quite like. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so there is that. So there is I'm I'm finding value in this, Kev. 
<laughs> that's good as long as there's value, Randy. Personal value. <laughs> right. Personal well, value. I mean, personal growth. Personal growth. Sure. There we go. That's the better way to put it. I mean, I don't know. We're like, we're not making any money doing this. So <laughs> I mean, like, what, what isn't personal value? Isn't that important, Kev? Can you imagine us having the fucking affront to try and charge people for what we're doing? Like, I wouldn't the absolute ever. sheer brass neck of trying to charge someone. I wouldn't someone. ever do that to anybody. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't ask anybody to pay to me, to, to fucking pay me to listen to me fucking talk. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Listen to me. I can't even form a fucking sentence. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, we've got that's six songs now we've done from The Miracle mm-hmm. um, of the 10. The songs we have left are Khashoggi's Ship, Rain Must Fall, My Baby Does Me, Was It All Worth It? So I'm going to be curious to see if there's much gold left on this album for you because I know definitely where I, where I land on all four songs. It, I, I can't imagine anything changing for me where I'm going to think, actually... I hate that song, or actually, I love that song. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Interesting. But that's, uh, well, that's probably it then. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, one that won't make me nervous, wonder what to do, one that makes me feel like I feel like I'm with you, ah, Invisible Man. Oh, sorry, wrong song. Have we talked about seeing things? Have we talked about hearing things? I think the Invisible Man would know. He'd be all over the place. I dread the idea of being the Invisible Man. He'd do horrible things. Maybe there's a movie in this. If I were to title this episode, I'd call it I Want a New Invisible Man. Or possibly Love is a Stranger Invisibly? We genuinely appreciate your support and engagement. So you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. We'll be back with you next week to chat about this wonderful band. Give us a kiss, Kevy. Seaside Pod Review. And I want you. And I want you.